you know, as an adult, we were able to to catch up. I want that for my kids. I wanted to be that dad that was there for everything for my kids. I want my kids to be able to come to me and talk, you know, have an outlet to talk. This is some of the things that I didn't have as a child. I didn't have an outlet to talk to um, people about my emotions. So I want my sons to be able to talk about how they're feeling, you know, because it's important. Welcome to Leave the Pile Higher, a podcast where you will hear how regular individuals, just like you and me, are leaving the pile higher and creating legacies that will benefit future generations. Our goal is to inspire you to embrace your journey and take action to grow your legacy. Let's build. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Leave the Pile Higher. Today, I've got a, a good friend of mine. Well, we'll get into that definition of friend. <laughs> in the, after. Anyway, I, I don't want to go down that lane yet. A good friend of mine, Mr. Fahim Hammett. Thank you for your time and thank you for being on the show, my brother. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, man, I definitely appreciate you having me on. And of course, you know, we hate each other, but you know, maybe it's because he bleeds black and yellow and I bleed purple and purple and black, but it's all good, man. We uh, definitely come together uh, when it needs be, right? But since we started that way, let, let me clean it up, right? For everybody that knows us, right? I'll, I'll start there. Everybody that knows us, you know, just because Fahim is on the show doesn't mean that we get along. You know, I still don't like him. He still don't like me. So, you know, we're still rolling with the punches, right? <laughs> no, but for those people that don't know us and don't know the dynamic of our relationship it's all fun and games you know we're totally joking about it Fa and i are are cut from the same cloth and that's why we can joke the way that we do now Fa's a great brother great businessman great father leader and uh, like i said i'm just happy man you agreed to uh to you know, come on and, and, and be on the podcast with me today so thank you hey hey you're welcome and listen man you're uh the Ravens jersey is in the mail, man. So that, you know. <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's. All right, so real quick, who's Fahim Hammett, man? Tell us, man, tell us a little bit about you. Listen, Fahim Hammett is, is a guy. Right? He's this guy that's just. Oh, I just love to have fun. One of the things that I, I truly enjoy is, is traveling and seeing different things. Um, and, you know, I didn't get to do a lot of that as a kid. So when I had the opportunity to get away, man, I'm gone. My my interest in travel started in college and it really just spawned into just, just traveling and do what I love, taking pictures, being with family. That's it, man. Like I, I live in Maryland, but anywhere outside of Maryland is, is always an adventure because you, you're so used to your surroundings. That's why, uh, you know, I enjoy traveling, uh, getting the family out and getting them away and, and just doing things. Uh, with them man so if, if you give me if the great outdoors i'm happy I, I guess you know my family they'll they know where to find me they'll find me outside especially in a new house they'll find us outside on the or they'll find me outside on the screened in porch just you know relaxing man yeah that's it i'm a real simple guy man the picture taken um, mm -hmm. you you, you mm -hmm. mentioned that you mentioned a couple of things but I'm, I'm gonna start there you know this is about legacy right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and passion that seems to be a, a passion of yours Oh, yeah. You know, how did that come about? I remember in elementary school being a part of a photography club uh, with my my principal. Uh, we had the old old school point and shoots and then you had to twist them. The old mechanical cameras, as I call them. But, then, you know, nothing spectacular. But I just remember taking photography, you know, photos. That's where it kind of started. But it, it 
it kind of fell back. You know, I got into athletics, but more recently in some of the trips that we had to Salt Lake City when we were out in Phoenix, you know, I always say when I take a picture, you can't unseen what I've what I've shown you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's so powerful because you'll see it from my perspective, especially the way that I see the world. Right. So you'll see that instant. That's one second. You'll see that picture and be like, man, that's I, I can never unsee that. It's, it's just so exciting to get an opportunity to just snap photos and, and then take them home and develop them. When you see something, you know, it's a perfect shot, at least in my eyes. I remember just driving my son to school, driving both the boys to school one morning. And we were coming past the golf course, and I, you know, I told my oldest son, I said, "Listen, man, that's the shot right there." And he looked over, and he was like, "Dad, how did you see that? Like, that's an amazing shot. How did you see that?" I couldn't stop to take the shot, but I was like, "If I had time, I would stop right there and take that shot because it was mm. perfect." And he looked over, it and he saw. He was like, "Dad, that was amazing." In preparation, you know, one of the questions that I asked you was, what is your unique gift and talent to the world? And you you said you're still trying to figure that out. I'm sitting here now listening to you talk about this. And it's like, bro, this is one of your unique gifts. You're, you're right. You know, and it's like, I guess playing baseball really tuned my eye to seeing things. Like, you know, as a baseball player, you know, I played Division One college baseball. So your eyes had to be very tuned in to, you know, seeing the spin on the ball. So my spin or the way I see things are totally different than the average person where I might see things, you know, I don't know if this is OCD or what, but if I see, like, if I come to your house, forgive me, if I'm straightening up a picture because, you know, I see that it's off. When I see things, man, it's just everything is perfect in, in my eye and then I show other people and they're like, wow, mm-hmm. that's that's perfect. And, you know, or hanging pictures. They're like, man, you really got that picture in the center of the room. How'd you do that? You, I, mean, I just eyeballed it. I guess, you know, another gift, you know, the gift of you know, being able to see differently than everybody else. How have you applied that to your life? Well, it, it's funny, you know, as a child, I had to roll with the punches because I have what's called chemical vitiligo. Vitiligo is discoloration of, a, of skin and me being the darker hue. So when I was younger, I was actually cleaning windows with my mom mm-hmm. and not knowing that the Windex was actually pointed at me, it sprayed on me. It didn't spray on me. I sprayed it because I was trying <laughs> to help my mom clean the windows, right? <laughs> I remember this day like like it was yesterday because I remember my mom and then she saw me in a panic and she started wiping my chin to try to, you know, get the chemical off. But the chemical has started to take my color. I had chemical vitiligo, you know, we did all kinds of treatments, and, but I was known as the kid with a spot on his face and kids can be cruel i was fighting so much people thought it was cool to pick on a kid with uh, the spot on his face but you know they soon found out that <laughs> although i was small in stature not like i am you know like you know you see me now most i'm six three about 280 pounds but when i was younger man i was a little skinny kid but you know i always had that big heart and if somebody talked about me what it was you know i'd probably pop them you know it, it's funny going from a short scrawny guy to uh a big guy, I kind of know what it's like for those people who are smaller in stature because I was, I was actually picked on. You know, over the years, I kept saying that, you know, my, my vitiligo, people were attracted to it for the wrong reason. You know, they were poking fun at me or they were talking about me. As I got older, you know, some of the skin color came back. But eventually, you go through maturity and hair grows. What's crazy is that the hair on the vitiligo, the, the area on my chin that had the vitiligo on, came up first. It was like an alien type of hair, but it was it was all white. I was like, well, listen, I'm going to shave this off all the time. I'm, I'm going to shave, keep shaving. And, you know, I don't want nobody to see that white hair. Eventually, my goatee, you know, I grew. And when it grew in, it grew in this amazing, vibrant white part of my chin and a dark black 
part of my chin. And it became a conversation piece. But little do I know that I know I had to adjust because no longer were people looking at me to make fun of me, but rather they were intrigued by the look or the, the contrast of my black and white beard. It's interesting how you have to adjust because most people don't understand that some of our adult issues stem from our childhood. So people looking at me, I'm just like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, dude, dude, hold on. I'm, and y'all got to forgive me. You know, I'm still I'm still going through, um, you know, my growth period, you know, and I think that's that's life. Life is a continuous growth period. Having having some of those traumas as a kid man it was like how do you take that and spend it to be in your benefit obviously you have to heal from that when people see me now they you know it's 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 the intrigue about the beard oh, well maybe not so much now but years ago right because now i'm all white but i can say you're all gray now so that's <laughs> <laughs> right you know, that's that's a good comparison of, of the contrast and, and I always had to adapt, man. So ah, well, thank, thank you for sharing that, man. And, oh, and, no you problem. Know, because uh, because that's that's the essence of of this podcast. It's not just about leaving the financial pile higher. Your legacy is what you've gone through from the little short scrawny kid with Bill Ligo and that transition and, and maturing and how that molded you and continues to mold you. You, you use that in being a being a husband being a father, being being an educator, right. you know, right. and, and with, your, with your students. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before the students were doing teacher evaluation or just sharing, yeah. you know, the end of year yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you shared with us the things that your students were saying about you. It's just awesome, man. What do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone who brightened up the room. I remember that guy. I remember his smile. I remember the energy that he brought. One of the things that I always say, and you know, you can attest to this, is when I close out my any of my presentations or any of my talks, you're the light in someone else's darkness. And, and I say that for a reason, because we we all don't walk in the light at some time in life. And I remember that time for me was middle school, and it was the real dark time for me, because going Going through puberty or having chemical vitiligo and people, you know, constantly joking. Listen, I, w I was never one of the people that made fun of other people because I knew if somebody made fun of me that I was going to pop them. But I remember not being noticed. And if I was noticed, I was noticed for something negative or the boy with the spot on his face. So I, I, I recall saying, that's it. I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. I remember um, putting a belt around my neck and hanging myself in the closet. I remember that. My mom came and found me. Of course, we, you know, I had to get therapy from that, you know, just talking to people. And I just, I started to realize how much I meant to other people if I was gone. I kept telling myself, there's nothing in life that could ever get me to the point of where I was in middle school. Man, and you're talking about the loss of a job, loss of several jobs. When my brother was killed in a car accident, you're talking about it's so many things, man. But I never went back to that dark space, you know, even through losing a child. Uh, my wife was going through a rough labor. You know, we lost a child. You know, she had to give birth to that child. It, it, was, it was so crazy because it was around the time that I was on a TV show, Crows versus Joes, and couldn't understand why I couldn't make a layup. So after I got eliminated, I went back to the locker room and I just just looked at my phone and my sister had been trying to, it was like 30 messages of my sister trying to get a hold of me to let me know what was going on. God will put you, he will do things to put you where you need to be. You know, I, I just remember the other day, 
one of our mentors, you know, talked about connecting the dots in life. If I never got vitiligo, I would have never developed the resiliency that kind of sets who I am today. If I didn't go through all the things that I've been through, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be who I am today. I, I might not have been here today if my mom was doing something else. If she wasn't in tune with, you know, how loud I usually, you know, usually was at that time. For her to come in the room at that time and, and find me, man, you have a bigger purpose. Five. I just want to thank you, brother, for your transparency. Your testimony is phenomenal. You know me, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And, you know, right. this is a this is a podcast. We can't see our faces. But, right. you know, I'm, right. I'm, you know I, I'm welling up because, again, this is what it's about. You first got to have a test in order to have a testimony. And, you know, we all have powerful testimonies. And thank you for sharing part of yours. Absolutely. Savage. Absolutely, man. There's no segue. We'll just move on because, you know, ultimately, again, this is what it's about. It's about being transparent and sharing what we've gone through so that we can leave the pile higher for those coming behind us. I want to touch on, you know, because we're both, I refuse to say retired athletes, you know, because athletes never retire, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, and that's the part that I think had drawn uh, drawn us to each other and and had us, you know, hit it off and become friends the way, you know, that we are, you know, because right. we're, we're both competitive at or, or, you know, we no, you said it, you said it. No, we're not <laughs> word. Listen, <laughs> we'll be sore the next day. But. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, you know, you played college baseball. I played college football. You attempted to go in the league. I want you to share about your baseball career and, and basically talk about what motivated you then and how that motivates you now. Here's the thing. I tried out for the baseball team in 11th grade as a junior. I got cut. You know, I was like, I'm not playing baseball ever again. And my my buddies, they were like, nah, man, come out again. So senior year, I come out, had a decent preseason. So it came down to the last game. I believe we were somewhere in Anne Arundel County uh, playing one of the best teams uh, in, in the state as a scrimmage. Listen, I got cut again. So not only did I get cut my junior year, I got cut my senior year too. So I'm like, damn, now I'm, I definitely don't want to play. I, well, I, I guess my baseball career is over. I'm done. A couple of days later, coach came up to me and he he was looking kid that was on the roster uh, who was 19 getting returned 20. You know, as a senior, he had to he had to let him off. He had to cut him off the roster because he aged out, and he put me on it on the roster. Right. So I remember nobody would play catch with me because I didn't know how to throw the baseball. I didn't know the proper technique. I didn't know there were techniques to throw baseball at this time. None of my teammates. There's only a couple of teammates that that uh, played catch with me. They tried to teach me how to throw. So I remember getting my first at bat. I hit one of right center field, man, and uh, and it kept going. By the time the dude, by the time the right fielder got to it, man, I was rounding third base. It was a home run that rolled so far that you know they they can't even get it. Opened the coach's eyes a little bit. You know, now we fast forward that season, we get into the playoffs. You know, I got a couple of bats, I got a couple a couple of opportunities to play in the outfield. But I remember this specifically because uh, one of the one of the kids. He was Jewish and he, it was a Jewish holiday or it might have been the Sabbath. It might have been. A, it was a Saturday. I remember getting my start in the state playoffs. I hit for the cycle. I hit a single, a double, a triple and a home run. It was funny because the, the kid that wasn't there, he made it there to the last part of the game. He asked the coach, Fahim did really well. Do you think he could play on the next level? He's like, well, um, if I would have worked with him, he probably could have made it to the next level. I'm sitting here in my mind like, who the hell are you to, to judge how big my heart is? You, you don't know who I am. From that point on, 
I say I was napalm. Napalm is an uh, incendiary device that they dropped, and it it basically sets everything on fire. When <laughs> I heard those words, in essence, he set me on fire. And what happened was, man, I'm signing papers to go to University of Maryland Eastern Shore, right? Fortunately, but unfortunately, I couldn't play my first year. But it allowed me to really train and get my academics in line. In essence, I walked onto the University of Maryland Eastern Shore's baseball team. From that point, coaches were watching me because they were like, who is this kid that doesn't need guidance, goes to the weight room, takes fly balls when he can, you know, I made the team the next year. That was where it started. This guy told me that I couldn't do. So I was like, I have to show you that I could do. And lo and behold, I went to a trial uh, after I graduated. It was a Tampa Bay Devil Race trial. Who did I see there? I saw my head coach from, from high school. And all he could do was put his head down and shake his head. Because when he saw the product of somebody who was determined to prove him wrong. And I never got to tell him that. You are why I was as successful as I was today because of what you said. How has that helped you in your journey now? When you have somebody who doubts your ability, those people who are, I want to prove you wrong into where I am now. I wanted people to remember my name. I wanted, I always wanted people to know who I was. All right, Fa. So I, I, I got to ask you this. Why hmm. is leaving a lasting legacy important to you? To preserve what my grandparents worked for, what my parents lived for, and to do all the things that I wished for. Listen, my grandparents, they they worked, you know, they came from South Carolina. I remember um, my father was telling me the story of my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather played in the Negro Leagues. Actually, the Hammond boys had left South Carolina because there was a lot of, you know, you know, the tension, the racial tension down there was crazy. My my family actually ran, some of my family ran north, preserved what they what they stood for, man. You know, my grandparents, Daniel, Daniel Dougie Hammond and Elmira, man, they sweet people, man, and they, they always wanted better for us. And my mom and my dad always pushed me and encouraged me. You know, mom and dad got got divorced early. Mom raised us. She raised four kids, man. It wasn't easy by any by any means. My mom always worked to make sure that we had what we needed. I, I just remember, man, like some of the days where either the lights were off or 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 I remember when my my brother would work at food places to make sure that we ate. So I can remember him uh, working at the bakery in, in the, the village center and they were getting rid of the donuts. And he would bag them up. He, he'd like triple bag them and put them by the trash can. And he would call. He was like, oh, listen, I put the donuts by the trash can, man. Yo, come get them. You know, and, and we didn't live that far. So we ran over uh, to pick those donuts up and freeze them, right? So whenever we wanted donuts, man, we'd pop them off with a butter knife and put them in an the oven. Or when he worked at Domino's Pizza, he would mess up pizzas on purpose to make sure that we had something to eat that night. So, you know, I just remember all of that, you know, so what my parents lived for, right? You know, they lived to make sure that we were better off. My dad and I, our relationship as a child, I mean, he, he wasn't around as a child when, when I might have needed him. But as an adult, I started spending a lot of time with my dad. We, we caught up on a lot of stuff that was missed out. You, you can never catch up, per se, that was missed in the childhood. You know, all the questions that I had and stuff like that. But, you know, as an adult, we were able to, to catch up. I want that for my kids. I wanted to be that dad that was there for everything for my kids. I want my kids to be able to come to me and talk, you know, have an outlet to talk. This is some of the things that I didn't have as a child. I didn't have an outlet to talk to um, people about my emotions. 
So I want my sons to be able to talk about how they're feeling, you know, because it's important. Indeed, brother. Just want to thank you once again for for being part of this legacy building experience. Savage, I appreciate you, man. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to come on and and just talk. Yeah, absolutely. And I thank you for your friendship. That's all the piling for today. But before we go, I just want to say thank you for the privilege of your time. And remember to like, share and subscribe to the show on all your social media platforms and leave us a comment in the five star rating. And be sure to go to Calendly.com forward slash Savage Family Office to schedule a time so that we can explore and talk more about growing your legacy. I'm your host, Brian Savage. Until next time, let's build something larger than ourselves. Let's leave the pile higher.